This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, this is Neil Berdiev, hailing from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a career commercial banker and a managing partner at DNB Advisory. I want to give you a preview of my article in the RMA Journal titled Strategies for Effective Communication in Credit Risk Management. My initial working title for the article was 10 Ways to Say Something and Only One or Two Ways That Will Get You to Your Goal. I realized that effective communication is such a cliched, overused, and often meaningless phrase, more fit for thumbs up LinkedIn articles that we so eagerly give our nod of approval to. So my goal was to turn the topic into something practical on the basis of the successes my teams have had over the years to really make communication work. And my team members and I will always be the first ones to admit that we did not get it right all the time. And it is hard everyday work to make sure that we focus on solutions and problem solving when we communicate. Whether we're writing a credit write-up, a proposal to our manager for the new project and a relevant budget, or simply asking our team members for assistance on a fast-moving deal or project, how often do we really put our needs away? How often do we think of the target audience and its needs? How often do we think through what we're trying to say and how to focus our message on what we're really trying to achieve? If your answer is not often or rarely, you will not be alone. Given the breadth of communication platforms and the ease of communicating today, it is very easy to get into a race for quantity versus quality. As a result, we end up firing information back and forth instead of trying to achieve specific goals with those communications. The communication, whether verbal or written, becomes an exercise in moving volumes of data as opposed to really solving problems. For example, a business developer is trying to push a weaker-than-average credit structure deal through while a credit officer is not comfortable with how the deal is structured and is not supportive of approving as is. Instead of genuinely trying to understand where the credit officer is coming from, asking the borrower relevant questions, and figuring out how to bridge the gap, the business developer is spending energy on firing emails, calls to various internal business parties to mount pressure on the credit officer to change her mind. I can compare the situation with an analogy of the sales executive playing the game of tennis, where the sales professional is using an automatic tennis ball launcher to drown the credit officer with tennis balls. The counter-arguments presented do not make any sense, the questions are not really being answered, and the credit officer is unable to gain any comfort in higher-than-average risks because the lending professional is not addressing the concerns. Finally, completely frustrated, the sales executive blames the credit officer of trying to sabotage his deals, desperate accusations he has used so many times before, and both parties stay where they are, with the relationship hitting yet another low. Another example of aimless communication is of a credit manager pointing finger at the lack of an RM team's cooperation to get financial statements needed and answer questions, including what's behind the numbers. The credit manager sends emails and IMs on what's needed, and if he does not get what he needs, deal after deal, gets frustrated with the situation, becomes uncooperative, and just gives up and lets elevator analyses permeate write-ups. This same situation keeps happening week after week, month after month, 
and credit and lending do not see eye to eye. As the manager lacks emotional intelligence and awareness of what his role is in the failure to obtain this information, he sees no personal responsibility for the situation and always blames the other side. He forgets that it takes two to tango and that he can be a part of the solution, not just part of the problem. Some individuals are always quick to blame others, while some of the best credit managers figure out the way to get what they need and ensure cooperation of their business partners. Some call it influence without authority. I call it plain effective communication. You may ask, what do these and other situations have in common? The individuals who are part of them do not focus on the challenge or issue at hand and do not structure purpose-driven communications with the goal of producing desired results. Their typical communication style is that of trying to get something off their chests as opposed to actually solving problems. The results are wasted time on numerous back and forth that lead to nowhere. This wasted time actually equates to wasted dollars, and the cost is staggering, whether we know how to understand and calculate these costs or not. For instance, in the example of the sales executive not working with a credit officer to properly structure the deal, the cost is about a week of underwriting time, deal being sent for rework after an attempt to go for an approval, and ultimately deal decline after additional work and rework. When we on my team calculated the cost impact, even before various senior managers got involved in trying to resuscitate the deal, it was in the range of $6,000. What's greater is the opportunity cost of using that time to do more productive activities, such as underwrite, potentially approve, and close another actually viable deal. In that case, the opportunity cost was in excess of $75,000 on a relatively moderate-sized deal. What's harder to measure is the poisoned environment that leads to decreased collaboration, higher stress, and negative morale. But that cost is even more staggering over time, as it can lead to team member departures, loss of clients and prospects, and negative reputation as a place where not to be as an employee or customer. The article has a number of ideas and advice on how to improve your new team's communication. It also walks through an approach and a progressive method I've synthesized of how credit professionals learn to communicate their conclusions well in commercial credit analysis. It has three sequential steps. Number one, understanding the essence, understanding the essence of the deal first and foremost. I call it the mental comprehension. Number two, being able to verbalize our conclusions. I call it the verbal expression. And number three, Capturing those conclusions in writing, I call it the written expression. I hope that you will find the article to offer a number of practical ideas that can, you can put to work day one. The rest is your choice. As my team members say regularly, many people will tell you that they know how to do something. Successful people know this simple truth. Knowing is nothing. Doing is everything. And knowing is not the same as doing. Thank you for listening to our podcasts. Whether you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, if you enjoy our podcasts, please provide a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.